Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited Podcast, where we indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theaters. Your movie masters today are Justine. Hi. Brent. Hello. Dylan. What's up? And I'm Colin. Uh, I'll let you guys know up front. We do have an email you can contact us at. It's going to be uh, moviemasters760 at gmail.com. And also uh, the Instagram at official movie masters. Dylan, what movie are we watching today? Uh, there's just one movie, right? Oh, uh, we only saw one movie. Weirdly, okay. We only saw one. Michael Jackson's CD hits of one. one. They just yes. played the CD at the movie theater, yeah. and it was just his number one. It was just Metallica's one music video. <laughs> oh, it's a really shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> we got four movies on the docket today. I hope you're sitting down. You don't have to be. You could be going for a walk. It's actually probably good for you if you go for a walk. Anyways, you can listen to it on a walk if you want. The, the four movies are uh, Godzilla Minus One, The Shift, Silent Night, and... Dream scenario. Not necessarily in that order. Dylan, tell us what we're talking about first. Ah, first movie. We got uh, Godzilla Minus One. Uh, it's a new Toho picture. Here's a little uh, snippet about it. Uh, J- Japan is already devastated by the war when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant lizard monster. Uh, stars Godzilla as Godzilla and uh, directed by uh, Takashi Yamazaki. He did a bunch of Japanese-friendly movies and Friend, uh, one you, i liked a lot i'm sorry japanese friendly movies yeah okay it's a lot of japanese aren't all movies technically japanese friendly oh no by default uh i don't know how barring do you feel about a couple very Oppenheimer important years japan did not take that's that, fair but, enough um anyway he did a movie i liked uh called parasite not the korean parasite yeah. parasite with a y mm. off the anime parasite and i thought it was funny anyway that's it well well brent is our local godzilla master I'm leaving the review to him. <laughs> the Godzilla master must speak first. This weekend was fun because uh, a lot of times, especially with monster movies, uh, people like to ascribe deeper meaning to it. Like, oh, the Japanese people, they went through this, so therefore this represents... No, I went and I wanted to see stuff get wrecked, and stuff got wrecked. And uh, I don't know, There's also there was a bit of hyperbole going into it. Some friends saw it before I did, and they are like, this is the greatest, this is the goaded Godzilla I was like, probably not, but I'll watch it. And uh, it was just a fun time. And I liked our theater when we saw it because everybody was very respectful of the lizard. Lizard was on screen. The people were reverent. Yes. It does have. It is the first three letters of his name. Yeah. Demand. You understand? We were in church. <laughs> yes. Is that the appeal of God? What, what's the appeal of Godzilla movies? He I just mean, wrecks stuff. Is it just for wrecking stuff? Yeah, because I mean that's like that was my indoctrination, you know. Right, like right. when I was a kid, I was like, "Look, it's a lizard. It's a guy in a lizard costume stomping on, on like shit. you know, like miniatures. This is awesome." And every time they tried to do it over here in the states, they tried to like make a love story or you know have have it be a human story. And it's just like, no, just have a monster, you know, wreck stuff, and then there may or may not be a clean ending. You know, like sometimes it's clean, sometimes it's not. Yes, I'm like so, um, I'm such a neophyte in the world of Godzilla, and I respect people who have like deep Godzilla knowledge. Did you like this one? No, I don't think I did. I liked Shin Godzilla, I was like kind of dragged to. Yeah. 
and like uh, on on God, fam. On God. That's probably one of the best movies this century. Yeah. Shin was like a it's... fucked up like entry point into the franchise. Yeah. I don't I don't think I've seen a an American version of it. You don't need to. I know they're like poo-pooed upon. Um, but Shin was like just a whirlwind of like mm-hmm. I don't know intensity, like hu- a human story, like the how the yeah. human spirit in the face of bureaucracy uh, addressing like a disaster. Like it was, yeah, is a crisis, a movie about a crisis and people in a, in crisis, and yeah, with no time to go, you know, fall in love with somebody. Yeah, you know? and it's just uh, yeah, I don't know. That was just a dazzling, and like the look of it, the monster mm-hmm. effects, everything about that one was like this high watermark. And I've seen some of the '60s movies. Yeah. What's the monster party one where they all fight each other? Oh. Destroy all monsters. It's not destroy all monsters. King uh, of the monsters? Which one? Uh, the shoot. king? I don't know. I'd have to I forgot which one it is. The one with the little boy where he just uh goes into no, like No, that's a different one. What's that one? I don't know. The one with the little boy. What's the one with the little boy? <laughs> I don't know. Where he dreams about Godzilla, about going to Godzilla. That's the Land. best one. That's a great one. Well, I don't know that it's the best one because I've seen like three or four no, of them. No, it's the best one. It's pretty good. Because it has a little, little ugly one. Oh, Godzuki. The cute little yeah, ugly for sure. one. Anyone with Godzuki is great. And I've seen a couple of the 60s ones. They are like so cool. They're very cool. I'm pro Godzilla yeah. in, in theory. And I, I think this movie was not a lot of Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> like he, I mean, yeah, to your point, you know, like when, when my friends were saying, oh, this is the greatest Godzilla movie ever, I was like, it's probably not because Shin was perfect. And how are you going to replicate that? It's hard. Um. <sighs> So yeah, I, I I can see why you didn't enjoy that one as much. I I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as Shin, but I still got to see you know the monster light yeah. up and blow stuff away. The, and, the oh. Godzilla effects are like awesome. Yeah. Like I'm not I don't want it to be like I fuck this movie, mm-hmm. but it is everyone I know who likes Godzilla a lot, and even just random people on the internet who love to hate shit. Mm-hmm. No one loves to hate shit than random motherfuckers on the internet. They're like, this is great. Yeah. Everyone I talk to is, who likes Godzilla a little bit is like, this is great. So I'm like, okay, it's a good Godzilla movie then because I I don't have a right <laughs> to talk well, bad about I mean, Godzilla like, movies. My take on this is very much like your take would be on like Blue Beetle or something. Like, hey, it's a comic book movie. I like comic book movies. Right. So this was a comic book movie. I liked it. So this is a Godzilla movie made in Japan. I like it. I'm 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 not opposed to that stance. I got my grievances are as follows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the is there ten minutes where Godzilla is on screen cumulatively. No, so there's a lot of not Godzilla in this yeah. two hour ish movie, and um, I like the Godzilla parts a lot. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't think the movie storyline of the guy who's a kamikaze fighter and he didn't blow up in the war and he has. Not necessarily guilt, but he is experiencing shame and is being shamed for not defending his country properly. And he encounters Godzilla before he's all giant, and he's like, didn't really defend him then, and he has shame for that too, because he didn't fight Godzilla properly. He he was supposed to die. He's just been meant to die all these times, and Japan is devastated. He's putting together his post-war life, and like, I just think it's not that artfully done no they of, telegraphed every move and, like you knew that it was going to be an ejector seat like halfway through the movie and there's like a montage of the kid growing up that's a yeah. very like hallmark-ish kind of thing yeah. i don't i don't think that if you take godzilla out of this that you have 
uh, a proper like lament on the woes of World War II. I don't think it stands on its own. So you need the lizard. So then maybe you have some more lizard. Now here's yep. my beef as a non as a as a non um, obsessive as a neophyte in the Godzilla world. I'm like. As a viewer, I, I think of the movies originally, they were like, okay, we got the Godzilla. We need to make more. And mm-hmm. when they make more, they're like, throw some crazy monsters in there. Send them yep. to space. Have some aliens get in the mix. Have them have a kid. Like, let's get wacky with this shit. Yes. And I think they realize that because as a viewer, I'm watching this and they're just like, ah, throw a bomb at him. And I'm like, that's not going to work. And then they throw a bomb at him and it doesn't work. And they're like, yeah. ah, it didn't work. Throw a big bomb at him. <laughs> trying to blow him up. And now the viewer, I'm like, that's not going to work. Yeah. And so just by, this is, again, post-Shin, not to keep bringing that up, because you shouldn't, you know, just because you make a really great movie doesn't mean every movie has to be as good. But that was a great example of like a standalone, re, what it, like a, a reboot, a deboot, I don't forget what they call it. A them, reassertion. Sure, where it's just like, let's just tell the, the bare bones of the yeah. story. And then, but even that had the wackiness because you remember, like when you first saw oh, the Godzilla creature on on the screen, you're like, the best. "What am I watching? This right. is so goofy looking." <laughs> and then it turns later to different the, forms yeah. and yeah. states. Awesome, yeah. and and again, I can't stress like the Godzilla shit here looks awesome. Yeah, but having it be like the t- city of Tokyo is experiencing a Godzilla attack for the first time, mm. but we all damn well know what the Godzilla does. So all of their initial ideas of how to beat Godzilla just feel tedious. Not to them. In the context of the story, it's great because that's how, what you would probably come up mm-hmm. with. All of that seemed grounded. And actually, the parts of the movie where my ears perked up and I started like engaging is when the scientist was on screen and he was like, okay, here's how we're going to get this Godzilla. Here's our plan. Here's our stuff. I'm like, yes, schemes. Show yeah. me scientific <laughs> schemes. Like That stuff's cool. That's like grounded, hard sci-fi stuff. And that, yeah. that stuff worked for me. Um, but again, that's not a big chunk of the movie a big chunk of the movie is a guy just being like war is a sad and his family or people around him also being sad and it's a sad story for sure but i don't know why you need to tell that story in the context of a godzilla movie and i don't really know what a godzilla movie has to do with that in terms of an optimal story, it's not like a like why or why are they talk about World War II with a Godzilla movie. I don't get it. No, I get that. Well, that's the thing is like yeah, like the fifties Godzilla, the the initial offering of Godzilla addresses that. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that and like if you do want to make like a sociological statement, that was that then. for sure. And it was a lot more yeah. metaphor, I think, than of course spending like. Yeah. hours of screen time <laughs> showing the devastated city and showing right. how sad everything is it just didn't strike me as i don't know it, it just seemed like two things happening that don't necessarily have to do with each other yeah. but that's just assessing the movie as a movie and like i don't know i guess with some of the baggage of the godzilla franchise i can't stress enough this is a movie for godzilla fans that godzilla fans like and i feel like they're a beleaguered people so I, I, I'm enthusiastic about their enjoyment of it. And I didn't dislike the movie. I yeah. just, um, to again, to say it's, it's on par with a, with a Shin is, is very silly. And No, yeah, it's not. I, I, and, and yeah, even the, like the ending is very safe and saccharine and probably mm-hmm. focus grouped and everything. It, it's, uh, I don't know. I, can't, I don't see myself coming back to it, put it that way. I'll watch the action. 
again. But I don't need the story again. Yeah, the action. Uh, and again, I, that's and what the fuck? That's what you're there for, right? Yeah. You should see Godzilla. Yeah. Just maybe put more Godzilla. It's like it's like you know, like if you only like the song Wonderwall and you went to see an hour and a half of Oasis. It's <laughs> yeah, like okay, I, I got I got Wonderwall, so I was willing to put up with the other hour and twenty five right. minutes. You know? Right, right. J- Justine, you saw it today. I saw it today. You're a sci-fi head. I am, and uh, I all that I know about Godzilla movies is that they're boring. <laughs> and but you get to see some crazy crap. No, you just see Godzilla on screen <laughs> fighting. It's just two hand puppets fighting, like yeah. for you know ten minutes or something. And for the old ones, that's kind of quaint. It's fun to look at because they look all silly and then for the newer ones it's kind of the american ones always go like over the top for destruction that's what action type movies are i mean even superhero movies you know you just see buildings getting destroyed you see that in this but it has the same problem that i have with other godzilla movies which apparently i've been watching different things than you guys because they all seem like just a random story and then godzilla's there and most of the random story part is boring and the Shin Godzilla movie is neat because it just does a good job of showing you the boring part. Mm-hmm. Like the boring part is interesting. You don't even need to see Godzilla destroying anything in that movie to make that interesting. So for this movie, I'm like, yeah, there's a story that's totally separate. <laughs> like it could have been anything that the guy was fighting against. Could have been aliens. Is Godzilla an alien? I don't know. Maybe. But... That part of the story was also fine. It's just a story about some guy, you know, coming back from a war. And it's not that strong, but it also is fine. And so this one is like, it's fine. I have to say, though, this is the stupidest looking Godzilla I've ever seen. You don't like Chonkyzilla? He looks so dumb. He's Chonky. He comes on screen and you're like, no creature would ever be built like this. What is with his legs? Caked up. Why? (laughs) He looks ridiculous. So it's even hard to like take him seriously as being like cool. (laughs) He doesn't look cool. He He got ass implants. Who cares? Now when those spikes come out of his tail and stuff. Those also don't make any sense. How do you not like that? They're way too big. That's he a, looks oh, ridiculous. They snap out. It's like it's like a toy where you push its belly and like its arms no, wiggle around. No, it's cool. It is cool when he's when he's powering up. Yeah, and then they yeah. snap out. But they don't just snap out. Like you, whenever you see him in the water, the first thing you see is like a forest of branches. Yeah, <laughs> which is okay, like his back coming out. So that looks really silly and doesn't serve any purpose. Damn right. Um. So <laughs> you know, I think that that character design is is not the best version of. Of Godzilla again. I like the blue lighting up part, right. which is just a really strange thing to see in the context of like everything else being so old timey. And then all of a sudden, there's like lasers, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. But um, overall, I thought the I thought the story with the uh, the soldier guy was better than the Godzilla part. I do think that the end seemed very focus grouped and tacked on. But I like that he takes in the lady and the kid. I like that they're kind of having a weird family, but he doesn't feel like he deserves it. Mm -hmm. I like that he feels guilty and then, you know, is trying to do what he can to sort of fix that because he's tormented by it. And the little girl is super cute. And uh, the neighbor lady comes around. It's a nice story. I liked that part. I probably would have thought this movie was fine without there being Godzilla in it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Dylan, you've been just playing with a Godzuki figure over there. Real silent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just mashing it together with a Mothra. Yeah. What do you think of this? I thought it was fine. I don't know. I guess, like, I don't care about 
Godzilla. I'm not like the biggest fan or the biggest hater. I'm just like a casual like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen Godzilla. <laughs> I don't care though. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. This is the most middling group of people <laughs> reacting to this film you're going to see. I've never seen on Rotten Tomatoes a 98% critic, 98% audience. This is 98? 98 critic and audience. It was on What are we missing? Thursday. Like what are we missing that the people like rank well, it that high? I mean, you would put we I think we'd all put it at if it's just positive or negative. Positive, yeah. So you'd have to be pretty hard in the paint to say like negative. Oh, that's how Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. everyone is saying it's ninety eight percent. It's just ninety eight percent of the people that saw the movie liked it. But that's still impressive when you look at any other movie. It's it's very rarely that high yeah. and that and on the nose. I don't know. I mean, the audience you understand, especially early on, because it's a self selecting group yeah, and all that. It's, it's like the yeah, but the critics. Audience. No one's taking umbrage with this film. It's a people. This is doing very well. So it's a think, very beloved film. I think that critics like it because it does have that template where this can be commentary on a, on like a nation right. and it's healing and blah blah blah. So like there is bait for those people to, to like sink their teeth into and be, and try to sound smart. You know, like talk I about so. sociological aspects of it. But nah, I mean, yeah. But the, and then you're right. And then yeah, on the fan side, everybody that's seen it so far is pretty much a fan this is like the guy that gets to be with a girl after she's been with a really <laughs> shitty boyfriend Hell and he's yeah. just like i didn't yell at you today and she's like <laughs> ecstatic <laughs> so, <laughs> they didn't like that american movie so much like they hated it so much <laughs> that they serve you like a kind of undercooked flick and it's just like oh my god it's yeah. back baby it's back our friend who likes godzilla yeah. who shall not be named on this podcast yeah well i will not name him um, I have a couple of friends, but him being one of them, being like, ah, oh, fuck, what exactly did he say? He was like, this is the only time he like really felt for the humans, or, or one like, of them like that, or or oh dang, I forgot what it was, or wanted to watch it again, or yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just very stoked, was very happy with everything about it. Same with my other friends that say that they love Godzilla. They're like, yo, this is like a, the new masterpiece. Yeah, like they're top like, three. Yeah, huh. they're saying like top three, top five, a lot of that stuff. And I'm 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 just here. Thinking like, yo, Godzilla 2017 America was badass, man. God As damn. Brian Craston and the, the guy fr- that plays Quicksilver and... Uh, oh, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, that guy. Th- those are good. <laughs> I like those. It's like stupid. All right, respect. And there's if no, you like them, you like them. And but, there's, not a, there's no Kong tease in this. Yeah, there's no Kong tease. Where's the Kong tease? Uh, We're all looking for the Kong tease. Anyway, so if, you, if you're listening to this now, obviously the new trailer for the new Godzilla movie's out. They already made a sequel for this one. And he meets King Kong, a legendary <laughs> figure in the world. Somebody's punching their, their, their listening device so hard Probably right now. Probably my friend that we just <laughs> yeah. mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel I don't know. I just I feel I feel bad not loving this movie when everyone else loves it. But yeah. But like to to tack on what Justine said, I feel like I care more about the human aspect. Mm-hmm. Than I, I think it was designed Godzilla. that way. It was definitely designed that way. It's like this is a, like one like the first one in a while where Godzilla is a clear villain. Yeah. You know, versus like a a tweener or a Yeah, I like figure. it when they're like, We gotta resurrect him to fight the worst monster. See? Yeah. That's just cool. And then they get to fight. Yeah. Uh, again, they knew that in the 60s. They knew, like, hey, you can't just have them attacking these people. They already know how to kill them. <laughs> it's not going to work anymore. But I don't know. That's Do just... they kill him? 
Well, well you, can do that. they? You know, this is, uh, there were two parts when I was like, whoa. And the first one is when his face regenerates. Yeah. So I was that like, was wait, so what? Cool. That was so that? cool. That looked practical. Am I crazy? Like they just, you know, put a heat gun against him and then put it in reverse. Reverse it. Yeah. yeah. That's what it looked like to me. Mm. And, and the more practical the Godzilla's, better. the better, in my estimate. What was the other time, though? Um, when you see the, the blue lasers in his back. Yeah. That's cool because it looks like nothing else on I started, the screen. Yeah, I started cheering like actively <laughs> when that was that. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but I was wondering, I was like, is that Godzilla lore that he just regenerates? Oh, yeah. I guess it makes sense. He's always alive. I mean, it's evolved yeah. over time. <laughs> like, it's gotten more intense over time. But I think it should because, I mean, like, if you're going to keep making dozens and dozens of movies, you got to, like, keep ramping it up as you go. Doesn't. Um, isn't the Netflix cartoon, isn't it like Godzilla has destroyed the whole world and is just roaming around the world? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that how it starts? And yeah. it's like this, like astronauts come down, they're just like, oh, so God cool. damn it. He's still just wrecking yeah. everything. This is probably the most like Jason Voorhees installment of uh, Yeah, he's just coming Godzilla. to get you. Yeah. Literally coming out of a lake. Yeah. A lot of lakes of is there is there Godzilla? Is it a lake or is it the ocean? Uh, undetermined. Is there a hey, lot of Jason takes Manhattan and raises that question. <laughs> is it a lake or is it the ocean? Is there a is there a, uh, a much underwater footage of Godzilla in previous films? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they always I always Tons. see him swimming around. Yeah. Well, you see him like coming out of the water. No, I always like You I, see him going. All right. There's certain movies where I've seen before He's like yeah. underwater, just like swimming hella like fast. An alligator. This one was more arty because it, it was doing like the half. You right. know, it was it was like kind of like half air, half half water in a lot of scenes. I want to watch those eighties ones. Are the eight, yeah. the eighties Godzilla movies? Pretty There's cool. a really good. Dude, I feel like fun. what's eighty five? What's that one called? Oh, um, it's just called Godzilla versus Japan. No. Dang, all of Japan. Yeah, I think there was a couple in 85. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to narrow down. There's, a, there's one I like a lot, but I don't remember what it's called because it's always just Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, this is another yeah. problem with these movies. <laughs> they just keep rebooting or whatever? And it's like, yeah, which one? Godzilla. From well, when? Godzilla 85. Because <laughs> like, when we get them, like, they'll be like in like 36 packs. Right, right. <laughs> and, be, and, it, and it would just be Americanization of the actual text that is on there. So it's just like, Godzilla box set. What's this one called? I don't know. This is called Godzilla, but you have 36 to watch. Oh, this is the ultimate collection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't need like continuing lore or anything. Yeah. I'm cool if they like James Bond it. But when they do a new James Bond movie, they're not explaining that he's a spy and right. like starting you from, you know he's a spy and you know he's yep. doing cool stuff. So to me, seeing the, how do we stop this guy? It's like, well, we, we the audience, mm-hmm. kind of know. So I think that was a challenge for me in this movie was that a good chunk of it was you know origin story stuff that's not origin it's just how they're going to deal with him and in each movie they do that differently that's kind of cool well that's what i'm saying is that like in some of the other ones they come up with a reason to like bring godzilla back or put godzilla in space or you have some crazy scenario where godzilla already exists in the world they just got to figure out how to deal with this new scenario that has arisen that's where i think i'd like a modern Japanese Godzilla to be at. We, we know the bullets and the tanks and the jets aren't going to do nothing. So let's just resurrect skip ahead. Him. Let's resurrect them. Yeah. Yep. Make a fight King Kong. That's fucking, I <laughs> can't, I mean. The, or have their sons fight. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm telling you, like, I, I'm down for some zany shit. Like, yo, give them the telepathic link that makes them talk to yeah. the kid. And then the kid commands them oh, to do stuff like. That's, Isn't that just Junior? Yeah, sure. I mean, oh, yeah. that's, but that's what I'm saying is that. He should Back have a kid then right they now. knew to get wacky with it because 
All right, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Hey, I have being... a question. Uh, yeah. Did you watch the 2000s Godzilla uh, TV cartoon? Oh, I watched it when it was out, but I have not rewatched it. Was was that one about? <laughs> so there's this lizard. Yeah, that's like. Is Godzilla a lizard or is he like a dragon? Thunder lizard. Mm. And it's a dragon. Well, I don't know. Uh, kind of. He's got some dragon like qualities for sure. Can he more, fly more, at some point? Lizard. I have seen Godzilla fly. See, so I don't know. Yeah, I would be curious to watch that cartoon because how do you do a like a weekly? 30 minute Godzilla cartoon. Matthew Broderick cartoon. Yeah. Of Godzilla. A guy who does a Matthew Broderick type voice. I remember being mad at it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I think like Godzilla fans are supposed to be mad at most yeah. Godzilla stuff. Yeah. Did you like the, the, the that movie though? No. Oh. But I like the toys. There was some good toys. Did you like the look of that one compared to this one? No. Was that was that he's more of a dinosaur than that one though? That's true. Was what? that still practical? That the the Broderick Godzilla? No, that no, was all, that was all CG, no. bro. Okay. Yeah. They have fucking. You're gonna tell awful. me a, a practical T Rex Godzilla is there with Jimmy Page and P Diddy singing songs, hanging that out on fucking, top of a building? That was a banger. That song's still fucking. That video is fucking badass. That still bothers a certain generation. Yeah. You're just talking over other songs. Oh, I thought you meant like the video, like no. scared people. Yeah, that song was so <laughs> like my generous, like fucking scared. I told Godzilla. Yeah, that song took some of the flack for the movie, actually. Because <laughs> it's just like all these old people just be like, oh, that's sacrilege. How can you take that riff and talk over it? <laughs> you do that obscure song. So, wait, do you not like the uh, 2015 one or whatever? Uh, any, any of the American ones I just haven't enjoyed. You know, although I will say, like in the Matthew Broderick one, I do like when I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge that Godzilla's running across, and his body is just so big that's just snapping all of the, the wires, um, all the wires behind mm. it. I did like that scene for sure. It's a classic scene. Yeah, there you go. I feel like I've told this anecdote before, but it's it lives in my mind rent free, so I must uh, repeat it occasionally to expel the demons. But when I was working at Hollywood Video, we sold movie posters, and the tagline for that. Godzilla movie because that's the time I was working on. It says like size does matter, yeah, yeah, yeah. and these this drunken redneck couple came in, <laughs> and they were losing their fucking mind at this poster because it's just his eye really big. It's just, yeah. Oh my god, size does matter. We need to get this for Randy. Shut up. So Shut I, up. all I know about this little vignette that I see in their life is that their friend may or may not have a tiny dick or yeah. is. Or and has a giant penis that they have both seen. Yeah, it's either a huge <laughs> dick or a little dick. There's a noteworthy aspect of this random drunk oh, redneck couple in Escondido God. at the Hollywood video on Mission and Grand uh, that was converted from a T-Bird diner uh, in 1996. And those guys that walked in that day lost their fucking mind I would at call the size a, does oh. matter tagline. Yeah, you know how like, okay, so... For those that aren't familiar with the concept, like back then you could write your name and phone number on the back of a movie poster or a cardboard cutout and the video store could call you and be like, hey, we're going to give you the, you know, come and get your poster. I would have just called an audible and been like, here, this is yours. Take this to oh, Randy right now. Well, so they, this was, this was a set, this was Hollywood baby. So there was like 
they were dialed in with the merch. This wasn't like mom and pop shit. They they were selling the posters. Oh, the poster was on a like a cardboard flat and shrunk wrap. I thought you were talking about the promo. No, the okay. po- I mean they think there was the promo poster, but like but in addition <laughs> yeah. to the promotion, you could buy it because like there was just that many <laughs> diehard fucking sure. Godzilla fans at the sure. time. They demanded more merch of the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, and they wanted that tagline: "Size does matter." For their friend Randy, who has. A size, a, a penis issue related to size. That what if he's just like, Randy's just the fucking funniest person? And always has like, like those like ironic tees. Right, right. And well, it's always his tagline is, hey man, size matters. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. So that's the route. Yeah, like, he, he just has like, like funny t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's funny t-shirts. He had all those uh, Star Wars Taco Bell tie-in toys. Just, <laughs> he's just into garbage. Like he's just into having junk and garbage. His penis is completely unremarkable. Yeah. I, I do remember, yeah, like all the, like, the posters the toys, the t-shirts, all the merch for that movie. It was just, I remember seeing it on clearance for years. Yeah. And like, they kept marking it down and down and down. And I loved it because I'd get like the toys and be like, this was 98 cents. Yeah. <laughs> Originally started at like 22. Godzilla minus one. Um, is this uh one? Are you good? Uh, uh, is this a minus one or a plus one? Um, <laughs> or, yeah. Again, I, this is, uh, I'm I'm Godzilla Zero because I don't think I liked I don't think I liked it, but I didn't dislike it enough to say don't go. And I appreciate that it hit the mark with fans of the movie, as as far as I can tell. Me personally, uh, there's just too much that didn't work for me. Didn't work for me. So if I'm being really honest, um, I think I net didn't like it. But that's not to say that it's uh, uh, poorly made or insulting. Just made some choices that didn't vibe with me. So it's it's a respectful <laughs> minus one, but a very respectful one. I thought you said zero. Well, yeah, but if you have to go one or the other. Okay, gotcha. So you're the you're one of the two people. I know. Yeah, that's, tomatoes. There we it. go. <laughs> but it's a respectful. It's not the worst. And it doesn't one. count. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I give it a plus. Again, the story is fine. And then Godzilla, which is kind of a separate thing, is fine. I like every time they were in ships around the water. That was all cool. Yeah. And when the guy is like pulling out the maps and kind of um, projecting where <laughs> Godzilla is going to go. That's it's always cool. just like a straight line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I like, you know, I like the, the science guy. Right. And science guy was yeah. 10 out of 10. And uh, yeah, I thought the story was kind of thoughtful and uh i'll give it a plus i'll go plus one and then i'm gonna um go to the back and open the door and sneak in a bunch of underage you know uh non-drinking minors into this just so they can get indoctrinated into the culture of godzilla and hopefully go see some of the trippier movies and some of the funner movies um i think there's enough in this that'll that'll hook somebody you know they, they, they just on the creature you know be like whoa that creature's so cool and then they'll go be able to explore some of the other wacky stuff that Toho has done over the years. I'll give it a plus one. Um, go ahead. Watch it. If you like Godzilla, if you don't, you should watch it. Um, the human aspect is cool, I suppose. If you're into PTSD of like giant <laughs> fucking lizards killing all your friends or something. Anyway, that's all I got on that. But is that all we got? <sighs> no. What else do we got then? Uh, yeah, we had a dream scenario, the new Nicolas Cage movie. 
A family man finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. However, when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, he's forced to navigate the consequences of his newfound stardom. Uh, like I said, it features Nicolas Cage as Paul Matthews. His wife is uh, Julianne Nicholson that plays Janet Matthews and uh, directed by Christopher Borgil. 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 Did he do anything else? Uh, he did a bunch of art films, mm -hmm. like artsy films. He's like from another country, but I don't oh, remember where he's from. I've heard of that place. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think I liked this movie either. Why don't you guys? I feel bad just shitting on movies. You, you didn't guys, like it? No. That's not what you told me earlier. I think they had a half of I think they had an idea, like a concept, and then they didn't have a story I'll give to go to you. with the concept. The ending was just roll credits it wasn't there wasn't an ending it was yeah because there's no way yeah. to end an idea of uh like what if this happened or there is a way to do it you just have to put in a lot of work and like have a coherent story what uh, do you think they were going for i think they were going for hey this is a cool idea and it would be fun to be able to shoot nicholas cage acting like a weirdo in a bunch of weird dreamlike scenarios mm -hmm. and uh then we'll, we'll figure out the rest later <laughs> Yeah. And I think we'll they fix did. It in post. <laughs> they did all that stuff, and my man Nicolas Cage, fucking ten out of ten performance. Oh yeah, killed it. But I think you need more than a bunch of vignettes of Nicolas Cage being a weirdo in dreams to have like a lasting film. I do think that there is a, a lesson and a morality in the in the movie, which I liked a lot. I think yeah. that they are trying to say, or maybe have accidentally said, or maybe I have extrapolated from this film with no intent from the authors of the film, auteurs of the film, I think uh, for a middle-aged man, things can change and you can be in a new scenario and you can do nothing and that is the wrong move mm -hmm. and you can do something, you can do a, a, a something poorly and that can also be a wrong move. <laughs> so it's yeah. not an act a matter of inactivity versus activity in regard to a change that just kind of drops on your lap. It's a matter of uh, making a correct action, making the right choice. And if you don't make the right choice, then you're in trouble. And making no choice is kind of just as bad, which is what Nicolas Cage does. And I think what they did, they did a very good job of showing that the wrong choices he made once, the, once he starts killing people. First, he shows up in the dreams and people are just like, huh, that's weird. And they think it's kind of cute and quaint, right? And then he starts killing them in their dreams and acting violently towards them in their dreams. And then he becomes like the worst guy in the world and no one likes him. And he does not seek counsel from those closest to him. He doesn't ask for advice from his family and any advice that his family gives him, his close circle of friends and family give him, he kind of disregards or acts in what's going to be a way that'll benefit him, which is getting this book that doesn't even exist published. So, it's kind of a morality tale about not listening to those close to you and kind of going rogue, as it were. Which can happen in academia. It like, can happen yeah. in a lot of things That's in true. Life. <laughs> yeah, but like a lot of times, you know, like, like, I'm a tenured professor. Yes. Therefore, I'm smarter than you. All that ego yeah. shit gets in the yeah. way. And so it, it's a strong morality tale. It's not, doesn't end like, you know, with him, I, I think if you were to, really couch this if this was like a horror movie or something you know he would do something bad and then he would die but i i give the movie credit in that it's not it's not as uh bombastic it doesn't bang you like the scenario that he's in it's not like 
your family's been kidnapped and you have to get them. That's the kind of thing that happens mm. or an inciting incident that's like a big movie kind of thing. It's like, why are you in everyone's dreams all of a sudden? I don't know. And they're like, yeah, we don't know either, but you are. <laughs> so it's kind of a small thing that gets things going and thus it ends kind of like him, Just ends, yeah. him estranged from his family and kind of in a pretty crummy existence but he's not you know rotting in jail or in some pit or anything like that so it's not because you can't arrest him for things that didn't happen right so it's not that kind of morality tale but there is still like i think a pretty valuable life lesson to take away you know what it reminded me of a lot as uh the daniel klaus book um wilson which is about kind of a reprehensible character that isn't like you know an evil person but it's just kind of a crummy human (laughs) um do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, I watched the old stuff. I haven't watched it. Yeah, in like so there's a long like a, it, it had a feeling of that or a touch of that. Yeah, where on. it's just everywhere you go, you get shit Everybody on. Everybody hates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did, it, did it work for you comedically or no? I mean, again, I love Nicolas Cage. I love yeah. seeing Nicolas Cage. If Nicolas's Cage is on screen, I'm happy. Okay. And especially when he's not like really slumming it, because we all know what what Nicolas Cage's yeah. paychecks look like. Yeah. This felt like something he was invested in. So like, yeah. sure. Um, and Michael Sarah's funny in it and the whole everything about, uh-huh. you know, the business aspect and like how to monetize this weird phenomenon that's yeah, happening. Yeah, that was really funny. That's funny. The Dreamfluencers, the like little TikTok house that's trying to incept products in people's heads. All that's well and good. I have no... Tim Meadows just saying words. Tim Meadows <laughs> existing. Bro. The man. That, yeah. Tim Meadows cannot not be funny. Yeah. I think that smell is propane. <laughs> He's just him, just sitting there, and he was. I think he had a bit in Curb too, right? Didn't yeah. he have a cameo? Yeah. And it was like, he's so fucking funny, just yeah. just sitting there reacting to stuff. Like, man, yeah. not enough work for just Tim Meadows. Just purchase the Kawasaki, and then you see it later in the garage. So fucking, he's great. Um, so yeah, like it's not. This isn't like a garbage movie that sucks to get through. Hell no. It's just I feel not. Um, well realized or not uh, I keep saying undercooked but it's like you, again you had this idea you had this concept but you just didn't flesh it out watch like you know god another fucking this is like bingo for me you just pick off all these <laughs> cliches that I say you watch Cronenberg's Existence it's like that's like a concept but then it's yeah. like well let's keep going with this and let's dig into it let's show it how it is in the world and let's put a period at the end of the sentence and that's that Maybe this isn't as going for like hard sci-fi in that sense, but no. See, I my read and the read in the the theater tonight was this is a comedy, and everybody was just laughing, having a good time. But to you, to your point, even in something like let's say Trading Places, right? It it goes somewhere and it lands somewhere. This I think they got to the, they're like uh, hour and forty runtime. You want to just roll credits here? <laughs> sure, sure. Let's do it. Use that Star Wars color for the the type. That'll that'll be that'll be cool. But yeah, like it didn't really. Um, I don't. I, I appreciate what you said about the, yeah the morality aspect, but it didn't take you on much of like a I don't know a traditional comedic journey, right? But it still was very very funny. I see, and I think if this were like a graphic novel that was a thirty minute read, yeah. it would be great because this is what works in that that kind of. There's a lot of random ass graphic novels from french guys that oh, you've sure. never heard of that you'll pick up they're like here's a wacky thing they're in a zany place and it's over and you're like okay yeah that's that but in a film it's just 
I don't know. You kind of need more um, structure, and this one yeah. felt a little, little wibbly wobbly for me. I just realized what it reminds me of, and that is a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, it is like to me a morality tale. This is a guy that is obsessed with getting his name put on papers and getting credit for all this stuff. And then it's like, be careful what you wish for, because then he Mm. becomes known by everybody. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, this is great. But then he gets a taste of what it is like to be known by everybody for a negative thing. (laughs) And then it ruins his life. So, you know, in the Twilight Zone movie he gets that reversed and realizes his mistake and then gets to go back to his normal life um, in like the nice version. But then there's also the Twilight Zones where he's like, what have I done? Uh And then it just ends, what have I done? And then it goes black, you know? That's a good good way of describing the ending. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I just need that or want that or feel the need for that, like, you know, him sitting on the... The, the library steps with the broken glasses, glasses. you know, yeah, that's I, need, exactly what I, was I need that kind of closure. Closure maybe is the word I'm looking for. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah for, for anyone under 28, it's it's like Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but even those are snappy and condensed. And I don't know. I, un, I can appreciate the artistic choice to be like, why is this happening? We don't know. What does this mean? Not important to what we're trying to do fair but that is also something that someone that didn't work very hard on a script would say okay uh, why is this happening i just cuz earnest question for you do you like any movies where you feel like they're just goofing off i mean i hold dicks up as like comedy of the year (laughs) yeah and that is nothing but goofing off okay and like you know way funnier oh oh, yeah i mean or you know, a jackass movie, sure. Yeah. All the Adam Sandler movies are pretty much just dicking yeah. around. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think maybe this, you have to admit, has more of a serious uh, tone to it. And it's, again, just so conceptual. Like, if it's a mm. bunch of guys working at a fast food restaurant trying to get laid, then yes, goof around. But if it's like, here is objectively a sci-fi concept, hmm. and this is going to be the backbone of the film, and we're really, like, that was another thing. I think it's the marketing. I, I swear fucking Google heard me say in my phone, boy, that new Nicolas Cage movie doesn't look very interesting. And I'm like put ads in front of everything he watches for this movie. I saw one with a Cranberries song because oh, they say something no. about Dream in the song. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw a Strokes the Last Night song used because last night you dreamt you had a dream last night. And then the trailer and then the credits for this movie, they have the Talking Head song of the City of Dreams. It's like you well, can't but, just yeah. pick dream shit and call it a movie. At, at least it involved the David Burns. <laughs> sure, suit. yeah. I can give them that. Yeah, okay. But that's still like it took you a long way to 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 get there. But I I think there's too it's got too much concept in it to be like, oh, they're just goofing around and having fun. Yeah, I think I think if I watched it thinking even for an iota of a second, oh, this is sci-fi material then yeah I, I wouldn't enjoy it as much but you know that when i was just like oh i'm laughing early everybody else was laughing let's yeah. laugh this is a comedy it's nicholas cage it's having a good yeah. time what was that movie you forced me to watch at gunpoint with nicholas cage in it recently mom and dad yeah that yeah. what is that that is a fucking 10 out of 10 film is what that is all right yeah i'll add it it's a fucking sick ass movie dude yeah and actually that's a that's kind of similar to this and that it's like 
for no reason all the uh parents just want to kill their own kids yeah <laughs> it's oh, never explained I mean, yeah. never <laughs> extrapolated on that, and the ending even just was like i want it never mind like this film a thinly veiled um excuse to just have nicholas cage act like a fucking maniac <laughs> is that a, a recent movie it's like 2018, oh, shit. 17, 2017, yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah, that to me is, that that's the chef's kiss, Nicolas Cage. This is fine and adequate and all, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I just had that other one in my mind. Godzilla. 86 minutes, I'm in. It's so good. You had Godzilla in your mind? No, the fucking, uh, the mom and dad. Oh. As a, that was the last Nicolas Cage movie I watched before this. And by my estimate, it, it trumps it, but that's me. What did you think of it, bro? Dylan, bro, um, I liked it. Honestly, like that kind of ending for me, just thought it was cute. Yeah, it sucked because it's a <laughs> bummer ending. But like, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I get it. The whole time, I don't know about you guys, but as a movie uh, concierge, mm-hmm. um, I would have to say like, uh, you know, I get a bit of tar, dude. I get a bit of the whale. Only the part where he flies, because um, sure. he yeah, floats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. got you. Yeah, yeah. Got you. It is an Ari Aster like produced. Thing. See, so, yeah, see, yeah. he floats in the whale. He floats in this one. Thus saying, is it all a dream, dude? Was the whale a dream? What do you think about maybe some Dune because of the Baron that floats? Yes, Dry, uh, Godzilla floats. Maybe. Hope floats actually. <laughs> Hope does float. The yeah. wish star floats. Yeah, we these these are all like facts. They're connected. They're all connected. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, just you know, there's a lot of string in this room right now. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. But I, I like the uh, I like the film. It's not like I was looking for anything like yeah. deep. I guess I'm Same. just like oh, I'm in. And we're all laughing. Uh, it was a weird fucking theater, but it was we were all like calm. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's weird just because like uh, there was one old lady by herself and then like me and my friend and then like four or five other couples just there like around her like surrounding her <laughs> not like in, we're, none of us were in front of her we're all behind her which is like kind of as a like a visual in my mind that's really funny um, but then we're all just watching the movie and laughing at parts that you should have laughed at that's it it was a, it was a fine time People in pajamas. Oh, on on dressing on theme. Oh. Yeah, ah. exactly. So, is this a is, is it a dream scenario or a nightmare scenario? This film, um, I guess it's a dream scenario. Very light. <laughs> I mean, on a technicality, it is. Dream yeah, scenario. I mean, I've seen I've seen my man on screen going running wild. There is some laughs, but. It's it's cheap. This is a cheap win. You guys got me on a technicality, just because I like to see my man freak out. But this is a, I'm, I'm putting this script on trial. <laughs> Poorly written script, but uh, overall, a funny and enjoyable movie. But still tisk tisking. <laughs> I don't know. This is like. When you can't remember your dream or you have a sleepless <laughs> or just dreamless sleep. It just fades or and fades and fades. I went through a period of time where like I would just dream about what I did during the day and it sucked because I would just dream about work. <laughs> and so I would feel like I worked yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, I would yeah, wake yeah, up yeah. and have to work. Um, it's something like that. I did not like this very much. Yeah, the, the concept is kind of neat, but you would have to be like a creative writer <laughs> to kind of flesh it out. And Nicolas Cage's performance is good. Tim Meadows is funny because he's on screen. 
but I didn't even think it was that funny. And it was kind of slow and you're kind of just like, where is this going? It just, I mean, I can accept something like, like Godzilla exists, <laughs> Nicolas Cage is in people's dreams. Okay. But then it's like, and now they're bad. Okay. You just needed that to happen so that you could have something right. happen in this movie. And then I don't buy, and it really irritated me that everyone is like, I'm so scared of him now. Or like, I'm so bothered by him now. And he's like, it's just a dream. It's just a bad dream. Yeah. So why is everyone overreacting? I really hated that scene with the um, high school kids or something. The like, college kids. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That might have been modern commentary because they even talk about Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan and all that. You know. Well, I mean, when he comes into the the gym and yeah. then everyone's like acting like they're scared of him yeah it's like come on yeah, <laughs> people are overreacting and i'm 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 not buying it well i mean when i, when I was watching that scene I, I they kept making nightmare on elm street illusions so i'm like okay that would be kind of like how somebody would react in that movie but this isn't that movie so it was kind of i don't know it was a little convoluted in, in that section for sure you can also just say that you just don't like farts you know what i mean and we can, oh, yeah. oh that was that was really cheap yeah yeah yeah, there's just too many cracks showing in the film. And again, you can't tell me it's like, you know, uh, what was the, the, the Jennifer Lawrence one the, the when she sexed as a kid? Yeah. I'm not going to put that movie on like a crucible as far as the sketch goes or as far as the script goes. It's like, all right, you guys were goofing. You guys were making a raunchy sexist yeah. comedy. This film is like, you wanted this to be artsy. Like, you have the air of seriousness to yeah. it. You can't just say, I was just kidding. Just a joke, bro. Just a prank, bro. When it, like, <laughs> just a prank. Because you couldn't actually write something. I'm not letting you get off uh, that easy. But that's what, that's why I'm kind of tisk tisking it. But I don't know. You're going full nightmare? You're going work dream. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Ooh, work dream is, is a, like nightmare, a nightmare for sure. Jeez. Ready for some good radio? Dream scenario. I liked when he was shaking his head uh, when he introduced himself to people. Um, so good. Yeah, the, the comedy I, I I really liked. So yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. I saw it with a like an oddly great crowd, which I think made my enthusiasm go way up for this. Versus um, if I had seen it in our normal setting, <laughs> let's say let's leave it at that. I would give this one a. I think I would give this one like a, a dream scenario. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I like Nick Cage. Thought his wife was fine in the movie. Not you know, not Modi or anything, but she was. I was cool say, it's been it. a while since we talked about. Like, I haven't heard about any Modi's. In I know. Like I kind months. of forgot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think about it during the film, and then like I forget as soon as I have to talk about it. Um, but no, I mean it was fine. I liked it. It was good. Sure. Did you wear your sleepy hat? You My hat? Like, yeah, no, I had hat. a I had a hat that said "fuck" on it. You smuggle in some sleepy time tea? Um, no, I smuggled in uh, rice pudding <laughs> from uh, something else from another place. Well, that still counts. So what other movies are we watching, Dylan? We also had a Silent Night. Uh, you know, the new John Woo movie in the last couple of seven years or something. Uh, on Christmas Eve, a man witnesses the death of his young son when the boy gets caught in crossfire between warring gangs. Recovering from a wound that cost him his voice, he soon embarks on a bloody and grueling quest to punish those responsible, mostly just, just Mexican gang members. <laughs> um, exclusively. Yeah. Starring uh, Joel Kinnaman as... Godlock is his last name, which I thought was his kid's first name. Uh, Catalina Moreno as his wife, 
Kid Cudi as Vessel that could not figure out the main bad guy's name because, like, um, there was no, like, pictures. I think he's Seiya and his girlfriend is Playa, I think. No, the, the <laughs> no, Playa is the guy that he beats up in his garage. Oh, my bad. So that's why I was like. Who's Seiya? I don't know. I tried to find him, too, because I wanted to show this horrible tattoo to a friend of mine. And this movie is so uh, under the radar and underground and independent. Yes. That I couldn't find this terrible tattoo. What tattoo did he have? Was Those, it scribbles? The, like, the, like, <laughs> the literal... Face? Yeah, no, on the side of his face. Oh, you just don't get that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> directed by the legendary John Woo. Uh, he did uh, Face Off, The Cool, The Killer, the, like, 88 one. Okay. Uh, Mission Impossible 2 and uh, Hard Target that also has uh, John claude Van Damme. Justine, take these motherfuckers to church. <laughs> I... Uh, what was the movie that? Oh, okay. So we watched another movie today that was really bad, but <laughs> this movie it was like the worst movie I've seen this year. No way! It is so bad. I haven't seen it. It but, is yeah. so offensively bad. Talk to me about like what makes this one worse than a lot of the so, crap we've seen. When you the movie begins and spends a hundred minutes on a man running, a <laughs> hundred minutes uh, in slow motion with a Christmas sweater and a jingle bell around his neck toward the camera. And like the credits are going, and you're like, this is really boring. Why? Are they, why did they do yeah. this? And um, it's told like out of sequence, also out of it's like, like flashbacks. Yeah, there's yeah flashbacks, and he gets shot in the neck. Don't worry, he's fine. <laughs> he's like shot point blank with like a huge gun, and then they just take him to the hospital and sew it up. But the only thing is, he loses his voice. Because he got shot through Hence the throat. Hence the name of the film. Silent oh, Night. Oh, no. And so oh. you get the gimmick. After like five minutes, you're like, hmm. And then after like 10 minutes, you're like, no. <laughs> and then after 15 minutes, you're like, okay, you just need to kind of settle in your discomfort of how stupid this is. Right. That there's no dialogue in this movie not just the guy that doesn't speak yeah for no good reason his wife doesn't speak the gangsters don't speak the ever they'll like they'll, you'll hear like an announcer on the radio or like a cb thing uh -huh. the detective who is in charge kid cuddy of the murder doesn't speak but yeah the first um words that you hear you're like oh it's this <laughs> where it's like inflation is out of control and crime and blah 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 and you're like where does this guy live because he has like a nice house but then they're driving and it's like there's drugs in the streets and stuff and uh then okay so you learn that his kid was killed by a stray bullet from some people shooting machine guns in the street on Christmas, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like oh, a, my God. Yeah, it's like a gang fight, but it's like in the suburbs, and it's like just two cars like weaving around the yeah. road and just like firing full Uzis at each shooting other. each other and hitting nothing except <laughs> one bullet hitting this child on a tricycle in his front yard. Why is the kid on a tricycle amidst gunfire? Well, they were playing like in the... the the kid got the tricycle and they're playing like in the front yard Yeah, oh, and they're not expecting a fucking gunfight to it's just true. pull up. So yeah. they're like, oh shit. Yes. So uh, then it is an hour into the movie. <laughs> I looked because I was looking at my watch a lot because this was torture. Wow. An hour into the movie, he starts doing something. <laughs> he spends 20 minutes walking around his house looking at like the kid's 
toys or yeah. something. It's just going into his room. Yeah, he's just man. He really misses this kid. I guess. I wish this movie would move along though. <laughs> he's just being sad, and then his wife is like, "You should be." better (laughs) (laughs) then she is texting him this while they're in the room together because they don't want to say a word so you just see bloop i miss him too bloop on screen he's pretty sad and you just see him pick up the phone see that put it down yeah so Uh, even the things that she's in the room with him are things that didn't need to be said (laughs) she texts him uh i'm late for work have you seen my keys and he picks up his phone and then he does something and puts it back down. You see, bloop, no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so it doesn't, like, there is a way, you know, silent film exists. You can't, like, express yeah. emotion. Yeah. But they, they, they fuck up their own logic <laughs> by texting each other. But it's not even used economically. No. Because it happens, like, two or three times. Like, not as part of a light motif or anything. Yeah. It's just... And yeah, they use it for, have you seen my keys? No. <laughs> Which doesn't drive anything forward. No. Or, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. she then, you, you hear her leave, like right after Shut she texts him. So it's like, <laughs> so she, she found, the, found keys. the keys, like right away. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, there's another text that's like, I'm worried about you. Your parents are worried about you. And then he just ignores it. And then the other texts you see are from like between gang people. It's like, Kill this guy. Hey, what's his name? Ruiz. Ruiz. Kill this guy. Ruiz, you know, is Ruiz because he has a tattoo of the name Ruiz (laughs) (laughs) above his eyebrow. I like as I'm I'm remembering this movie, it's more and more dumb. Oh my god! The first thing you see after the after the hour is up. Oh, and then he has the weakest training montage I have ever seen. He's like, he can't do a pull-up. And then he does some push-ups. And then he's able to do <laughs> a pull-up. And he can do like the he can do like an overhead press with a kettlebell and they're like and it makes him look all like, oh wow. But it's 10 kilos. <laughs> and then um so okay, so then he he's watching these alt-right um like videos on how to stab people (laughs) yeah like knife fighting videos on youtube like literally watching them on his phone and then he has one of those dummies and those dummies always look funny in any context and he's just like stabbing it with this (laughs) knife that he got and like yeah it should be noted at some point like you just see him like in an alcoholic stupor while he's grieving and then he just stops and he just like wakes up he's like i and you see him go to the calendar (laughs) and he flips the pages it's like Easter or something. It's, yeah, it's Easter. And so he flips the calendar to December and he circles December 24th, the day that this inciting incident happened where his kid <laughs> killed, and he just writes, kill them all and circles it, <laughs> yeah. which, in all fairness, kind of hard. But now we know that the training montage is on to get to the point where he can kill them all. And if you look at like the marginalia on the calendar, yeah. it's like bulletproof vest? Question mark. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's just a bunch of dumb stuff. It is really, really, it is so stupid. Yeah, so it's, the whole thing is he's training to kill all the gang members that may or may not have been involved in the killing of yeah, his kid. he's just any gang members, but for sure, the, not even the one that 
okay, maybe he did take part in killing the kid, but he's really fixated on this one guy, the guy that shot him in the throat. Yeah. That's the guy that he's super after. Fair enough. So he's not even like, who killed my son? I'm going to kill that guy. He's just like, this guy shot me in the throat. But he is like the big big gang guy. Yeah. He is like the king of the gang. He is the main gang guy. Which he learns because he goes into Kid Cudi's office during office hours. Like he makes an appointment or whatever with the business card that he got from the detective. And he just goes into his office like he's waiting to have a conversation with Kid Cudi. Who never shows up, but he just takes pictures of the most wanted sign. Yeah, in Cuddy's office, he has, you know, like all those wanted posters. And so the guy is in there and yeah, he takes pictures with his phone. And then he leaves. That's yeah. all he needs. He'll take it from here. And then he somehow does this huge, like, makes like a dossier on all these people. <laughs> gives it on a thumb drive to Kid Cuddy and is like, this, I'm going to do what you should have did. <laughs> like five or like a year ago or something okay but then in all fairness the action happens and um it's trash (laughs) (laughs) this is hold on this is john woo a face-off fame you're saying that this is uh not good action i was like i i thought this i was like isn't he John Woo, he's like a name, right? Yeah, because uh, it's, it's all a setup to go on like a kill crazy rampage at the end of just this white guy murdering these Mexicans, like so many Mexicans. I mean, yeah. John Hinckley's a name. You know, so. Well, this is, yeah, let, let me get touch on that. This is like the most racist movie I've seen in a really long really? time. Really? He's, there's no other white people. It is just <laughs> him and he's only killing brown people. Oh, God. All the all of the criminals, everyone you see, and the wanted posters in the um, police place, yeah. any of the like criminals you see walking around, they are all brown people. Oh man! And it's just him <laughs> murdering. <Effortlessly>. Yeah, <laughs> murdering this guy. I'm going to do a pull up. A guy from go from zero to six months. <laughs> yeah, one white man. Oh, uh, it's yeah. totally possible. Yeah, white rage. And he. <laughs> There's a part where when he's like in the training at a gun range and he's trying to shoot and he doesn't even hit the paper. And then they show him the next time and he's just right in the middle. Yeah, I mean, like you can, all you, the bullets you going fix through it in the a couple same months. hole. Come on. So apparently that's how we're supposed to um, accept that he shoots one bullet, one guy every time. Has amazing aim. He drives really well. Let me tell you this too. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He gets a car. He doesn't have a car for some reason. And then he buys a car. He buys it like off of some guy under a bridge. And then he's like uh, learning how to do donuts in like what? a parking lot. <laughs> There's a lot of doing donut. Like it's not a small part of his training. Because no. <laughs> he's going to need to do a donut later? He's, he, there's more doing donuts and like, you know, Tokyo drifting like yeah. in an empty parking lot than there is him learning like combat yeah good that's, <laughs> yeah that's good but don't bro he tricks this shit out he puts suicide doors on him if you had like a t-bird with suicide doors <laughs> you could take on an insane gang yeah he shoots people from inside of his car oh, okay. a lot right. um and the license plate i believe says get some <sighs> but uh he goes to the drug guy's lair he's not a drug guy he's a gangster of some sort mm. Oh, his lair. What's he playing in his lair? What music oh. is he listening to Dylan? in the privacy of his own his own home? It's not a privacy. It was hella loud. You can hear it from outside. 
Well, he lived in like a warehouse. Yeah. He's listening to San Diego's own, the legendary prayers really loudly. Multiple songs. Yeah. Like Whoa. one song ends, the next song starts. <laughs> and prayers even like uh, said, hey, watch this movie. We're in the soundtrack. <laughs> we are the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh no, there's almost like fucking cholo rock so bands playing. While this fool is like machine gunning up the fucking main villain's lair, just going level by level and, and shooting all these guys. The fool, the main fool, the yeah. king of the fools, is just uh drugging up his girlfriend and blasting prayers in his master suite in the warehouse and like chilling. <laughs> and that guy loves Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're dancing around a Christmas tree. And he has like these gigantic ornaments. Right. Yeah. Just hanging from his, like I said, he's like in a warehouse or factory or something. And so the ceilings are super tall and he has these giant balls just hanging from there. And I'm like, who did he get to come in and decorate this place? Just wait. Those balls will come into play later. We'll get to it. (laughs) I am always amazed though at like how people that you don't ever see do anything all year go all out for Christmas. You're like, you did that the day after Thanksgiving? That's crazy. Well, this guy's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> this drug lord with, a, again, the, so the face tattoo. He just has like, if you fell asleep at a party and someone had markers and just drew on your face. Just like, like lines. Like, yeah, like just a- aggressive uh, Jackson Pollock style oh, slashes at the side of his head for no reason. That's his tattoos. <laughs> and he, ha- he has that and then he has like two tattoos on his arm. Mm. He's not even like all, oh, he's so tatted. He has a face tattoo. No, mm. he has all the space in the world. He chose the Sharpie scribble on the side of his face. Have you exercised your demons? Because I think it's time for Dylan to give us a counterpoint. <laughs> Transition. Uh, I like to root for Kid Cuddy after House Party especially. How was he in this movie? Oh, I mean, like, he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> he shows up, like, mid-massacre when the guy is, again, this is a police officer of the law uh, in Texas, and um, the guy, the, 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 white, the white has destroyed the white. his way up the, th- up the thing. He's on his last leg, though. He's, he's down. He's hurt. He's been shot a couple times. The guys are coming at him, yeah. and there comes Kid Cuddy. Again, there's no dialogue, so there's yeah. no like, hey, get down from there. He just, he just looks at him, and he just nods like, let's do this. All and then right. they go forth Literally, to fight like, the final it's boss. It's like if like you're playing a game, and then someone pressed start on the second controller. <laughs> That's really how it starts. Yeah. Then that kid sucks because he's like four years old. Yeah. And he's not good at games. But at the same time, That's it's perfect. like... That's perfect. It's yeah. Golden Axe, you know? Like, you just be a dwarf, pop in, and like, you'll, you'll get some guys, at the very least, you'll have like people drawn <laughs> to you. So you, the sorceress... The Chad selection and uh, Golden Axe can 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 keep going. Yeah, right. but uh, he's not. I mean, he doesn't do anything crazy. Yeah, he, uh, Kid Cudi does not do much. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that was the only thing that was. I was like, because every bone in my body was like, "Don't go see this." But then I saw Kid Cudi's name. I was like, "Maybe see this." I would say the only people acting is like <laughs> the main guys just doing stuff, yeah. and then the main leader kind of only kind. He just looks menacing. Mm-hmm. And then the lady has to cry. <laughs> His kid doesn't really do much either in terms of acting. He's just kind of like, <laughs> I feel like they told the kid, like, you're not going to die. You're going to be good in this movie. Believe me. Like, he doesn't know he's dying in the film. 
because he's just like happy and he looks like he doesn't care. I think it must be like John Woo's like grand great grandkid or something. Uh, <laughs> all right, you've teed this up too much. I gotta I gotta bring it up. What the last scene of the film? <laughs> as it ends, surprisingly enough, they shoot the bad guy, the biggest Mexican dies, but it is with uh, with white man's dying breath. And Kid Cudi's too, for some reason. And yeah, so, Kid Cudi just walks up, right? No, he shoots. He shoots the girl. <laughs> Which is the funniest scene, because, oh, God. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to explain it? You got it. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to cut to the ending, and we can, you guys can come back and pepper it in. So he falls on the ground next to the dead Mexican. After he looks him. up at the aforementioned uh, ornament-style glass balls, uh-huh. and he sees in the reflection in his last vision... His child smiling and laughing in the ball, and if you thought that that the the memed picture from uh, Thor Ragnarok of the yeah, little yeah. ghost kid <laughs> floating was bad, well, wait till you see this dead child in the ornament, and you're like, okay, last glimmer of his kid. No, no, no. It now <laughs> has given him vision into an alternate reality where, like, he sees the kid like progress in his life and like graduate high school and like keep on going. Dude, in his I life. can't. No. It's fucking <laughs> nuts. It's like awesome. he sees the whole kid's <laughs> life in the ball before he dies, and he does die. Sorry, everyone, to like, ruin yeah, this movie for God you. Godlock dies. Yeah, it's, they don't do like a taxi driver thing. He just dies, and the last thing he sees is. His kid dead. And then, um, oh, it cut. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry. My favorite scene is when, um, cause so the lady leaves the guy because he's training too hard. You see, <laughs> I, I would say a proverbial bag of luggage that she picks up and goes away, <laughs> but it's a literal bag of luggage because that's what you do with, uh, what do you call it? You know, when, when, you're, when you're divorcing yeah. or leaving your guy. Moving out. She moves out. And then it's like montage, montage, montage. And before the night, before he goes out, he doesn't like talk to her, text her, call her, anything like that. He drives by where she lives <laughs> just to like kind of like get a glimpse of her, you know, like the hero seeing this maiden before his voyage yeah. that he might not come back from. He sees her and she is in the widest, openest window you could ever imagine. So he has a great view of her and she's in um, some big old like bloomers. <laughs> yeah. And she is uh, just, she's drawing a picture in charcoal of their dead kid. <laughs> So it's just a random time of day. This mom is just drawing a picture in of her. view in, of in the a, bay yeah. window, huge okay. window, divorced, drawing a picture of her dead kid. That was my favorite scene. But so the so yeah, the last scene you just see her at the grave, and she got a letter from the guy saying yeah. that he had to kill everyone. And there's just a train set going around the kid's grave. No. <laughs> well, because he built it on Christmas morning or whatever. Yeah. It was supposed to be the kid's gift, oh or one yeah. of them, I guess. Oh, he I think got he bought tricycle. it. He bought it before because that's when he went to the store and he hugged that random kid that he thought in his mind was his kid. Oh god! And damn then it. his <laughs> then his kid's mom picked up the kid. He's like, "What the like, fuck?" <laughs> there is so much fucking nightmare vision in this film. That, that scene you will is so fucking it. funny. Because I was like, what's happening? That's not his kid, right? No. And then obviously it's not his kid. It's like a girl. And then like the mom picks her up and just doesn't say anything. Just yeah. runs away. Yeah, I was going to ask what he said, but then I realized no, there's no talk, dialogue. The, I was the like, did he go whoop? But no. <laughs> yeah, so, so a mother seeing a random stranger like crying, hugging his kid would be like, hey, you get off of my kid. She just go. She just Grab stole her, kid. like stole it, and then like like a football just carried her like inside, <laughs> like a door. football. Listen, listen. There's and then only... the bad guys were there handing out money to children. Yeah, everyone hangs out outside the hardware store. 
Jesus. <laughs> it's fucking cool. Dylan, we're, there's, there's, you know that we are shitting on this movie and being really mean to it, but there's only one film concierge we have in the audience, <laughs> and that's you. Yeah. You're the only choice. We, you are our white savior. You are the one man. <laughs> the one white savior? Metaphorically speaking. Oh, okay. Yes. So please, you, you got, give us some light on this. Uh, we've been so mean. Have we been mean or have we just been telling what the movie is about? Hey, how long was this movie? Hour 40. It so, sounded like 10 hours. So as long as the dream scenario. Yeah. I feel like it was a... I thought it was a buck 50, but I could be... That's what, besides the point. Too long. Yeah. Nah, because after dream scenario, I heard the theater. Like, I heard the ending of Silent Night. And I, I had to go back and watch it. I only heard it because you can hear Prayer's voice. And I was like, all right, I'm going to walk out. How fucking stupid it is to sit in a movie theater. You're like, I am the dark guy and I am a spooky <laughs> man. I am the spookiest man around. And just see, try to take seriously this criminal guy. Don't, 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 do I am the spooky man. Don't, don't. So bad. No, I was so happy. <laughs> like, once I realized what was happening, it, it takes your brain to realize what's happening, you know? Because it's like, okay, he's listening to music, sure. And then you hear the one voice, and it uh-huh. takes you a minute because you don't, like, want to believe what you're listening <laughs> is what you're listening to. Because nobody has put prayers in anything before. Well, I don't think so. It I don't is, think so either. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, yeah, you yeah. hear the voice, and it's so like, oh, that's not him. There's no yeah. fucking way. So you go from, like, not being in any media prior other than the actual CD or digital file to just every song in a movie being prayers. Well, there's not that many songs. It all happens, like... Every song is like at the end. There's a oh, fucking okay. like annoying uh, little trinket song that he plays throughout. Oh the f- yeah, he carries oh. a music box from oh, his kid around, no. and anytime God he needs inspiration damn. or he's about to die, he just winds it up. Yeah, it's not that fast. And then he's like, "Never mind, I'm ready to go and kill, kill these kids. I'm gonna kill these guys." <laughs> are there any good movies predicated on dead kids? I mean, like, are, are, like oh, Revenge? Face Off. That's another one. They're all. Yeah. A lot of John Woo movies are about dead kids and <laughs> like people go. getting revenge for that. Yeah, that's why I don't watch John Woo movies. <laughs> anyway, what was I? What? Jill, you said at the end of the film that they mixed two of your favorite oh, things. Oh, yeah, I did mix both of my favorite things, which is one, a really good GTA like level, yeah. which is just going up the stairs and just killing all these people to get to the main guy. And then the Punisher, which is just a guy <laughs> killing people. <laughs> just drug uh like gang members and then combine that granted you know it's just like a you get a weirdo white guy just like doing all of it not the punisher it's not frank castle he has the same like motivations as frank castle but just like it's just a random guy yeah. it's not even like he's like was in the military and he's trained he he obviously no like we skills said, to be doing he, he did train himself through self-defense videos on youtube <laughs> do you know what i was hoping for he was watching that Boss Rootin training vid. Ah, uh, bong, bong, bong. Bang, bong, bong. I Old don't one. like yeah. you. <laughs> and then you could, you knock him out, you could put the hot sauce in his, you know, where somewhere he can't find <laughs> his butthole. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I mainly only like the ending. Like, I would say I would like the last 30 minutes. I don't like the first five where he's like, uh, <laughs> 
running around trying to find the cars of gang members to try and kill because he uh, throws that lead pipe to the car. Yeah, he is just running on foot after. Well, well he's trying to guys. find the cars that killed his kid. Yeah. And at that point, he's like, fuck it. If this is the guy that shot me. I'm just going to blame it on him. Because there's no way to tell which guy killed who, especially if you, you ducked and tried to hide the kid and that kid just gets killed. So the, the, the kill crazy rampage aspect worked for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't really care. You can skip the entire Kid Cudi aspect out of it. <laughs> you can skip sure. a lot. That's such a bummer. I would go as far as to say. You can well, no, skip you the can have movie. Kid Cudi there. But you don't need me to. Sh- you don't just fuck it. He's just there. Dang, <laughs> He's a what a waste of of great talent. everything. No, nah, yeah. I liked it though. <laughs> it's like again, like I said, player two starts, and then like nothing happens. Like a three year old with a controller just trying to fucking figure it out with you. So I also like the scene level. where uh, the girl she's shooting out. All at them. She managed to hit them both. And then, like, he's going to shoot her. And she's like, put my guns out of bullets. So he puts his gun down. And then he still <laughs> shoots him. Oh, my God. And then he shoots him, shoots her twice in the head. <laughs> like, yes. Um, I like the fight with Ruiz. That was a good fight scene at the pool hall. Um, yeah, I just, I just liked... Just like going up the stairs. Again, it's like a GTA level <laughs> where you have to go up the winding stairs to the top where the bad guy is and just kill a bunch of guys in the middle of it. I did have like the Reddit voice in my head where I was like, is this a heck in one shot? Uh, I think the one where he does fall down, the, like they kick him down the stairs. I think that's one yeah. shot, but that's only like 20 seconds. Well, it's a long ass shot, but it's also like very obviously like cut, you know. A little bit. Yeah. But I liked it still. I don't know. I guess it's like. I don't care. Have them shoot some people. You don't have to show me everything. Don't show me the woman having a divorce with him. I don't need that. <laughs> That's it. Anyways. Calling it a uh, worst movie of the year is heavy because we've watched about 200. Yeah, in I'm, I'm kind of. Im- I'm not going I that far. I told you, with Asteroid it. City has the alien. The alien. Asteroid City, I don't have in and, like uh, my bottom 10. That's crazy. Maybe it not was, my bottom five. It got like a D. Oh yeah, no, it's a bad, bad, bad movie. But there's there's some brutality out there. There is a dumb action in this that does, as an abstract, elevate it above. Like, I don't know. You like the Jesus baseball movie more? Did you like the Jesus sci-fi movie? I guess we'll (laughs) Well, we're gonna find out. That the Jesus baseball movie was really stupid, but it was kind of like Hallmarky. So you just kind of sit and you watching it happen. This is like your. It's, this is torture. Like, I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to say this is a good movie. I'm just like, worst is a. I, I'm still, it's still a good person for me. I that's you can't beat that. Again, I'm gonna me. say, good person is really, really bad. It is an F tier movie. Yes, but it has a narrative, and it has some fine acting in it. This has nothing of that. This doesn't. This has zero Zach Braff involvement. I know. And that's my counterpoint. <laughs> this has did zero like, words in it. <laughs> did you like the Elaine movie, though? I disliked that, but there was like a few sensible chuckles in it. Yeah, because that's and, with David Cross being there. Yeah, yeah and exactly. just like... all David Cross. I don't know. I, at least they were attempting to make a kind of movie that I like. It wasn't... No. I, I, respect, this, I respect the decision. <laughs> it's just a left field... I, w- I was surprised myself. Yes. But sitting in the theater, I was like, this is awful. 
I wanted something better to happen and it didn't. I thought it was going to be like a Punisher movie. Right. And that's what you want it to be. It's like, oh, his kid died. He's going to go on a rampage. Nope. You're going to sit for an hour watching him be sad. <laughs> Zero and then, momentum. And then 30 minutes of something happening. But the first 10 are when he kidnaps that guy and makes him a worksheet that says, what crimes did you do? <laughs> Where do you get the drugs? What drugs are you doing? Like he literally has a printout, he like eight and a half out. by 11 no. word document for the guy to write down all these things on so he can give it to Kid Cudi so that Kid Cudi can arrest everyone. But then he's going to kill everyone anyway. So Yeah, but it still helps him out. <laughs> Tells them where the drugs are going or where they're coming from. Silent Night. Is this movie a gift under the Christmas tree or uh, are we quiet for this one? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will say I'm quiet for this. This is a bad movie. This is a very bad movie. I don't think I have um, as much vehement uh, disdain for it as other people who've seen it. But uh, it's 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 a... It's, Oh man, god damn it. Is this funny bad? It's it's kind of so bad you can goof on it. Sorry. <laughs> you can after the fact. While you're watching it is torture. <laughs> I would say the part that you're going to want to watch is when he's killing uh, the main guy cuz he does choke him. Like Dylan mentioned, he chokes him to kill him. But he's like on top of him and he's going to choke him and then he sees out of like the corner of his eye one of the balls, and it is the kid's face. Smiling. <laughs> Smiling. That Happy that this movie. Murder that Mexican yes. dad. All right, and then he gets the strength to squeeze. Oh, we don't know if that, that kid could have... What's the wife? I think she's a... I think she's a, She's something. I think she's I a... I think she's Latina. But, yeah, she But uh, still... <laughs> <laughs> Which goes to the other, earlier point it's just the one white guy yeah. <laughs> um yeah this movie is awful dylan nah man this movie was, uh, it was a gift under the tree <laughs> john Woo did it again his first film in he six years um his new film in six years that's all i gotta say it's good john <laughs> Woo again putting dead kids up in the front of the story and just making a guy get sad about it and pissed off you think John Woo had a dead kid? It sounds like it, right? You know, I... He just keeps making the movie. <laughs> I started this with Justine, and she immediately was just like, don't turn this into, like, a conceptual thing. Like, don't make excuses for this movie. But um, I do kind of... I like when art artists... <laughs> yes. ...are psychotic and insane, and they show you their worldview. And it's like, this is an very interesting way to see the world is <laughs> just like besieged by gang violence <laughs> and murdered children economy bad drugs oh yeah the part where okay so the guy is like shooting drugs into his girlfriend's arm when they're up at the top of the listening stairs, to prayers listening to prayers <laughs> and it is one of the funniest things because he he pulls out a syringe and it looks like the kind you shoot into, like a like an IV. Right. It's huge. <laughs> it looks like the kind that a naughty nurse would buy at Party City. It also yeah. said Acme on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gigantic, <laughs> right into her vein. I was like, that's not heroin. The no. fuck is he injecting yeah. her with? Yeah, the the fucking tube, the syringe. The tube's like about like a like two inches in yeah. diameter. Oh my god! What is he doing to her? <laughs> 
<laughs> Drugs. <laughs> but then I just found out that John Woo was like 80 years old. Right. So of course he thinks all this uh, stuff. Yeah. I didn't know he was that old. Brain rot. Yeah. Or yeah, just yeah. becomes that guy. Dylan. What? Let's keep this short and sweet. We got one more to go. <laughs> Well, only you two saw this one. You two meaning you, Colin, and you, Justine. And possibly the band, you two. Bono you think you two saw this? They, they take a lot of flights. Could be in a plane. Currently yeah. doing the residency at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Though. Okay, so they got a lot of downtime. Go down, yeah, good a point, lot of good point. Good yeah, point. we have a bunch of movie vouchers. You guys can go and <laughs> watch a movie in our theater. We could probably get you into this. <laughs> the first couple lines of the description in Regal is it's a movie like Interstellar. So and, they're like, oh, uh, all right, I'll stop reading there, and then we'll go watch Inception. This. Did you want me to explain it? Sure. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. I didn't see this. I only watched the trailer. I did tell Colin I did see it, the trailer, and that's how I found out this was an Angel production. <laughs> um, at what I got from, after a tense encounter with a mysterious stranger who was otherworldly powers, a man gets banished to a parallel un- Earth where he fights to get back to the woman he loves. Uh, it stars another Christopher, uh, <laughs> Christopher Polaha as Kevin Garner, Neil McDonough, McDonough? I don't know. McDonough? McDonough <laughs> yeah. as the benefactor. Is that what they call him? Yeah. Like the a lot. They say that a lot. Many names. The benefactor <laughs> has left our world after the Kevin who refused the Kevin who refused said a prayer and banished him from our world. <laughs> and Kevin, the Kevin who refused is now a wanted man. It also has uh, Elizabeth Tabish as Molly and directed by Brock Heasley, who did another movie but no one watched it. Apparently. He wrote and directed it. <laughs> oh, he wrote this? Yes. Oh, sheesh. So listen, it's a lot of work. Two things that people love is faith-based films and uh, multiverse stories. So finally, we get the two things we like together. You think the Christians weren't watching, like, uh, what's it called? Everywhere all at once. So they're like, finally! <laughs> we could do this. Or, uh, you know, again, just ripped from the pages of Rick and Morty. <laughs> The mm. machine that lets you see into the other like universe that feature yourself. And this one they call him oh god, there's so much fucking sweet, sweet jargon. <laughs> they go into the Vica view, the vicarious viewer, and watch their dops, their doppelgangers from other dimensions. And when they go to a different dimension, they shift. Yes, hence the shift. The title. And God, there's the something. Film. There's like some device they use yeah, to shift. Yeah, they use like a bracelet that they can shift themselves and other people yeah. around to different dimensions. Uh, we can't remember <laughs> what it's called though. And basically, the ben- benefactor um, gets this guy, and he's like, "I've been." Sh-. It's a Job story because Satan and God are like all. Job only likes you because you hook him up. And God's like, well, fuck with him then. And I'll stop protecting him. And then I bet you he still loves me. And then Satan fucks with him a bunch. And Job's like, God still rocks. And Satan's like, fuck you. And this movie is that, but with multiverses and 1984, like uh, police forces and a lot of like really dirty work where um, they, uh, yeah, they, they, the, the, the benefactor is like, I'll shift you to like the good place where you'll be awesome and all your shit will rule. And then the Kevin who refused says, no, I love God. And he prays at him and the benefactor disappears. And then he won't go to one of those multiverses. So he has to suffer in his and try to get back the natty way. 
It is so random. Like, why this guy? Why is the devil obsessed with him? Why does his He's different? Job. What? Why do his different, like his different selves in the different dimensions or universes or whatever, know who he is? <laughs> like every version of him in in existence is aware that there are other ones of him in existence. Well, yeah. Well, I guess because the benefactor is like, hey, let me give you a shifting power, and he's like, all right. So he took the deal from the benefactor to shift. Oh, the other ones. No. Was the sci-fi aspect of like a bait and switch and they just go right into the... Yeah, so yeah. the... <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you bring up the description of this film? On, uh, on, on the, the Regal, Regal app. The Regal app. Yeah. It's like the first few lines that you might see above the oh, above the fold. The shift. Above the, the shift. Fold. You're right. There is a fold in the app. You are absolutely right. That is. Yeah, not you have to click thing. like see more to like yeah, 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 read yeah. the rest of it. And not that the rest of it really um, indicts the film, but well, the rest of it tipped me off actually. Well, yeah. If you get deep if you into it, if you read four paragraphs of the description of the yeah. movie you're about to see, yeah. but most people read the first two and are like, okay, it's one of those kind of things. Yeah. Oh, I've learned the lesson. <laughs> Inspired by films like Inception and Interstellar, The Shift is a sci-fi story that uses expansive world-building, alternate realities, and transportation to explore themes of temptation, hope, and perseverance. Where's okay. the lie? Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> it, it is so bad. It is, um, it's kind of like you just threw some buzzwords into right. a movie and you're like, see? multiverse he says the word multiverse yeah. in this movie and uh, like the world building quote unquote <laughs> yeah there's like 12 people <laughs> you see <laughs> yeah you don't know why Godzilla's any just wandering of this, around <laughs> why any of this is happening why is the place he goes to all crappy uh cuz oh oh man and their greed has waged war and uh the world was on the brink of collapse until the benefactor came and made the world leaders gave them what they want and then he took over and uh things were crappy still yeah i don't know why <laughs> they were like oh the benefactor wait what does he do here but then uh, yeah so the benefactor takes our lead and uh corners and is like i'll give you this deal you do this thing you become a shifter i send you to a dimension you cause chaos there and do my bidding and kevin's like Fuck you. Gets down on his fucking knees and prays so fucking hard that the benefactor disappears. disappears. And like this guy, the benefactor isn't some backyard guy. He's like a public figure. His posters are everywhere. And Kevin, they have CCTV footage of the Kevin who refused praying and the devil guy disappearing. Obviously, the Bible is outlawed in this land. Yeah. Obviously, Kevin, the Kevin who refused, they call him that so much. It is so funny to me. <laughs> he, he is writing, he is typing, yeah, a, a typewriter, type memories of what he remembers the Bible kind of being like, and then like distributing them through this underground network. <laughs> So he's spreading the gospel in this dimension where the Bible has been outlawed. I just remembered at some point he has neighbors. It's like a family. There's two little girls and then a mom and a dad. And the dad kind of works with him at I don't know what. <laughs> they like break bricks or something. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so he gets invited over to their house 
and um they feed him and then i can't remember how they like know but they lock the door and they're like okay and he's all what who are you are you shifters what's going on (laughs) and he's and they're like that's what you think that we're shifters no we have something to show you come on girls (laughs) this little line of mine (laughs) i'm gonna let it and he's like like crying because they have learned of his underground gospel (laughs) because it's outlawed to sing this song (laughs) or any remotely religious song i guess and so they're singing really poorly this song and he's like all excited about it but that song comes up (laughs) yeah that's a a light motif yeah go back to that word all right. Well, you're not going to drag this out. This is an unhinged, fucking psychotic film. I'm really, again, going back to like worldviews, it's a real interesting disposition to have, like a genuine, honest to God in your heart. You wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, God is testing me. <laughs> like everything I see, because that's the conceit of this film is that like it's all a fucking test. Because the benefactor is going to put him through all this bullshit and he's still going to believe in God and then he wins in the end um but like that's really fucking weird just objectively like as a human being to walk through life and be like i'm being tested right now by god me personally (laughs) that's just uh, that's weird and so i kind of i don't know again i like i like how fucking weird these goddamn movies are (laughs) i'm not trying to just be a weird irony guy like it's not good don't watch the movie i'm not suggesting you watch it but as someone who has watched a lot of these I, I don't know how to describe it. They're just fucking strange. It's like an insight into a worldview that I'm not usually exposed to. I I don't know why they choose film. Like, real churchy people love making movies, and it's like the most vile, corrupt, debaucherous industry that exists. Probably worse than music, you know? Oh, yeah. Why would you want to engage in that and have your film run in a theater next to uh fucking Nicolas Cage murdering people. <laughs> I don't I guess this is kind of what they do though. They they take over holidays and turn them, you right. know, into other things. I think that's uh that's how they get you. <laughs> it's just a, it's just I understand like just wanting to be a, a regular normal person and you know, I'm not an anti-religious person, um quite the contrary, frankly, but it's just like of all the ways you could express your faith, let's do shitty sci-fi movies. <laughs> it's just fucking weird. You wouldn't think, like, if that's all the information you know, like, here's the tenets of our belief system. Here's uh, how we think you should live, the repercussions for it, the scriptures. Now, what do you? Th- how do you think you should praise God? Are you going to, you know, do a mission and, and, like, help kids? Are you going to build things? Are you going to give to the homeless? Like, how are you going to do it? I'm going to, like, get, like... A million or two bucks together, and I'm going to film some shit that I wrote on a laptop. You think ChatGPT wrote this? I mean, some chunks of dialogue, sure. I mean, this like, give me a, what is a word for someone who shifts to dimension? Uh, transmodulator, uh, shorter, uh, a b- 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 backsliding defibrillator, uh, one word, <laughs> slider. Shifter. shifter boom there we go we're calling it shifter for sure like some of the jargon stuff but like yeah it's it's just again uh you would never guess that this is how this uh group would choose to spread their gospel but they're doing it and 
I'm a voyeur in life. I'm a little creep. I'm a little, <laughs> I sit in the corner and I watch the world go by. I don't engage in things. I don't talk to people. I just like to get data and collect it. And like these movies, they let me collect data. And it's a, a, a fun way to get insight into their world. So I, this is, this is for sure zany and shitty enough to like, you know, <laughs> bust on. You could MST3K the, the shit out of this one and have yourself a gay old time, which you can't say for every bad movie that comes out. So I'll give it its due there. But um, yeah, this is a fucking just a screwball flick. I'm not even going to say good or bad. It's just <laughs> screwy as hell, dog. Yes, it is. And the weirdest thing, I think, well, I don't want to say the weirdest thing, but <laughs> a very strange thing about this movie, it is probably the most Jesus-forward Jesus movie we have seen, even though we've seen, you know, I want to play baseball. Yeah, but that's a, that is about Christians wanting to play. That is about Christian uh, baseball players who happen to be very faith based. Yes. And then the one, what was it, his only son? Yeah, that was like a, that was just from the Bible. Which weirdly, actual stories from the Bible don't feel as Jesusy. Yeah. As <laughs> the principal outlawed prayer at my school movie. <laughs> I don't know why those feel more Jesusy than actual Bible stories. Mm-hmm. Was there anybody in the audience at this one? Oh yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you always see at these. And there's the countdown at the end of the movie. Hey, some guy's going to start talking to you soon. Uh And then he comes up and like, thanks for coming out to see my movie at the theater. The best way to see movies. We're going to put a QR code, scan that shit, give a ticket to someone else. Like those fucking, these angel guys, man, they know what they're doing. What a racket. Love it. (laughs) Oh, I just wanted to mention that a weird thing about it too is a big Part of what his motivation is, which is, what is he trying to do? Uh, Get back, back to his to, own reality? Yeah. Where well, he had a terrible relationship with his wife? I'll do you one better. He's trying to get back to his reality and find his wife, except that the benefactor explicitly said that he shifted years prior his wife out. So the wife that he has known the past two years is a shifted wife. So he needs to. he's trying to find his original wife. Goes there, has a weird encounter with her, and is like, you know what? I'll let it go. God himself, because <laughs> God at some point, um, the guy who runs the Vic of You uh, theater, on which the guy can see his wife and is a the benefact, the main standoff is there. The guy has been looking for his cat, the theater owner, and then once the main guy starts praying again, boom, the cat shows up. So God delivers a cat <laughs> to the guy who has a lost cat, and then like. The benefactor brings up a gun and is about to shoot the fucking guy because he's like, whatever, you passed all my tests. I'm just going to shoot you now. And at that critical moment, God, presumably, puts him in a different reality altogether where his wife is a single mother as a nurse, just completely unrelated. (laughs) New lady. (laughs) They're just starting from scratch on this woman. So it isn't even what he wanted. Or and what he was trying to get the whole time. No, and his motivation the whole time is to go back to his wife that got taken away from him. Yeah, or just go back to his regular world, and he doesn't get that in the end. No. And what the deus ex machina, that's like when God comes down and fixes things. This is the only movie I've seen <laughs> with an absolute to-the-T deus ex machina ending. That's amazing. Yeah. Dylan, what are we watching next? Unlimited. Yeah! 
Hey everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Regal Movie Masters Unlimited. This week we got The Boy and the Heron, the latest work from the legendary Studio Ghibli director Miyazaki, and I cannot wait to see it. Then we got The Oath. It just looks like a badass version of 300 because it has the legendary Billy Zane from The Phantom in it, and I cannot wait to see it. Then we got Eileen, based off the book of the same name, and if you read it like I did, well let me tell you, we're in for a treat, and I cannot wait to see it. Okay everybody, we'll see you at the movies, bye!